Welcome, entrepreneur, to the Ignite Your Wellness podcast. My name is Dr. Allison McLean. I'm a physical therapist, yoga teacher, coach, and owner of Ignite Your Wellness. Here on the podcast, we discuss all things body, brain, and bank account so you can cultivate your version of success while caring for your health. It's all about reducing stress, living a fulfilled life, growing your business, and enjoying life in the process. All right, let's get to it. Hi there, friend. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about the key to filling your classes. Now, this can be classes in a yoga studio, so not your own personal yoga studio, meaning you show up as an employee or an independent contractor and you teach in someone else's business. This can mean your own classes. I know there's a variety of health practitioners that own their own clinics and businesses and have a separate room where they have yoga teacher, uh, yoga or Pilates or other types of wellness classes that either they are filling themselves, they're teaching themselves and would like to fill, or maybe they hire independent contractors and teachers. So it could be filling those classes. It can also mean filling your schedule because similar work applies to filling a group class as it does to filling your schedule. And truthfully, the way to go forward and keep it simple so you don't feel pulled in many directions, and this might be the takeaway from the episode right here, right now, is how can you make it easier, simpler, and more fun. I think sometimes as wellness practitioners, there's so much we want to do to help other people. There's a variety of ways we can do it. A lot of us are creative. We might not be creative like an artist would be in painting or drawing, or maybe you are. I'm certainly not, but I do feel creative in the amount of work and ideas and ways that I can help people. And sometimes That's a great thing because I'm able to think of wonderful streamlined processes for my clients. However, at the same time, it can also lead me to feeling pulled in many different directions because I have so many different programs, so many classes I'm offering, that sort of thing. So as we go through this episode, it's also important to notice where are you in terms of your energy, in terms of your time, in terms of the complexity of your business. And so you might think, well, I'm just a yoga teacher. I don't own a business. I just go around teaching to other people's businesses. I go around teaching to yoga, teaching classes in yoga studios around town. I don't own a business. I promise you, if you start to take on the identity, the self-concept of an entrepreneur as a small business owner, a wellnesspreneur, even. It will change how you show up and fill your classes, okay? So we're going to get to some of this work, but if you do one-to-ones and this is piquing your interest, like, well, maybe I should add some classes. Like, I have some dead hours in my clinic, two to three, or maybe I should add a lunchtime class. I caution you, more things, more programs is not always better. So 
Regardless, if you teach classes for a studio or you teach classes for your own studio clinic or you're hiring people to teach classes for your own clinic, how can you keep it simple? And how do they fit into the big picture of the business? And I highlighted that in the past episode, how to get the most benefit of teaching wellness classes. So refer to that episode or just sign up for your free consultation call. We'll go over exactly why you want to teach classes, how they fit into your business, What's the back end that's needed? How can you wrap it into your business so it is streamlined so you don't feel pulled in many directions? Okay, but now today we're going to talk about filling those classes or you can apply the, this information into filling your one-to-one schedule if that's really what you want to do as well. So what I hear a lot from the yoga teacher is how they suck or maybe aren't the greatest yoga teacher when they have an empty room when they hear about having hearing all these other teachers who were magically able to get 15, 20 people a class consistently from the very beginning. And what's wrong with them as a teacher when only two or three people are showing up consistently? I promise you, this is where it starts. Is that thought about you and your self-concept, your identity as a teacher, as a practitioner. So that is number one, because It all starts with belief in you as a teacher, as a practitioner, and the impact that you know you can make one-to-one with people, even if you teach a group, like each student that shows up to your class, how will showing up to your class specifically make an impact in their lives? And then how will that ripple effect, if they're showing up, feeling better, moving better, stronger, more confident, all the things, How can that have a ripple effect into the world? What is the big picture global impact of you believing in you? You believing in the work that you're doing, the teachings that you're doing. How can this benefit not only person to person, but the world, the global impact? And if you have any lack here, any disbelief in you and your capabilities, disbelief or not even having a realization of your impact in the world, this is the work that starts, that's needed to start. Because you can do the tactics, which I'll get to some of the other tips like social media posts, paying attention to your class description. However, this is the gas that'll fuel your marketing fire because it will help you to slow down enough to really look at your class description, to pause and think about the words that you're writing for that simple paragraph. And I'll get more into that in just a moment, but it all starts with your ability in you because then you'll be more clear, you'll have more clarity about how you truly help one person and how that help can impact others. So here's some self-coaching or journaling questions about your teachings, about your impact. If it were true that you're an amazing teacher, doesn't matter the amount of people showing up to your classes, it doesn't matter the amount of private sessions you currently have in the books, just 100% right now, you have the ability to help someone to make their life better. And that will have a ripple effect into helping more people. How is that true? Where do you agree with this thought already? What do you feel? What do you love about that thought? I would go take out a blank piece of paper and answer those questions and then add your own about what you believe in your ability to create impact 
and your ability as a teacher, as a practitioner. What do you understand about you and your capabilities? Start there. Then, once you know you are sold on your belief, on your classes, how do I know that this can make an impact? Well, I've been there. When I first started teaching yoga, I inherited the class of my mentor and I knew her classes were full since I assisted her in these classes for about a year or two, maybe more. And I'd watch 20 plus people come to her classes, her workshops. And then when she moved and I took over those classes, the numbers dropped. And so I started to notice what was going on in my brain. I noticed right when those numbers dropped, my self-concept dropped. I was like, oh, I'm not a good enough teacher as her. They don't like my cueing as her. They know that I'm a newer teacher than she was. All these negative thoughts about myself. And when I was having those thoughts, the numbers stayed low. And the studio owner kind of started to freak out because that's affecting their revenue as well. So I had to take a step back and notice, all right, how can I change this around? Because I know it's not a time problem. I know it's not a class description problem. I know it's people are knowing what the class is. I even have a similar style than her. What is different? And what really needs to be changed? And I realized my mentor, my teacher that was teaching, she had such belief in her abilities as a teacher and as a practitioner. She showed up with confidence. She knew how to hold the space for people to get transformation in each classes. She knew how to have hard conversations with people. She knew how to take them to the edge, but yet hold them back so they weren't putting themselves at risk for injury. She also knew how to challenge and push them. And because I was lacking in some self-confidence in some of my skills, I didn't hold the space the same way. So I had to get to work, and this is where the benefit of working with coaches is really helpful, on my own self-confidence, my belief as a teacher, and I just had to practice it, holding the space, taking them to their edge, working on my cueing. So this is step number two. You can hold the belief of your ability to help people and make sure you are still growing as a teacher and practitioner. So that means going to and attending trainings, right? Partnering up with your yoga teacher friends and practicing adjustments, practicing cueing, practicing sequencing. So your students do leave feeling happy and complete. The problem is, and you've heard me say this in the past, where all the focus is always on the practitioner training and none of it, the time or your energy is focused on your belief as a practitioner and then also working on the other skills as a business owner of marketing, selling, and delivery. And a lot of that is because sometimes the wellness practitioner does not think of themselves as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So if you are teaching classes, there is, and even if the studio does the marketing for you, you're going to want to still market. And we'll get to that in a moment because that is another tip. So the point is, is while you're practicing the belief work, you can still grow as a practitioner. You don't have to wait to teach. You don't have to wait to market. You don't have to wait to sell your classes 
classes and get people in your one-to-ones or group classes, you can do them simultaneously. So during that time, I really took this work to the heart. I practiced on my abilities and my belief as a teacher, as a practitioner, and I also got to work with learning all that I could to become a better teacher and practitioner. So working on my adjustments, working on my cueing, working on my sequency. Because even though I'd been in the wellness field and been a massage therapist for about a decade at that time and a personal trainer before, still... I was green and I was new at teaching yoga classes. And actually, even though I've practiced yoga a number of years before I taught, about a decade or so, it's still very different to teach and to cue and to guide and to help people into poses if their body maybe doesn't have the strength or maybe doesn't have the range of motion or flexibility. So how would you cue someone through that? Okay, so tip number one is belief work in both your ability as a practitioner, as a teacher, belief in your impact that you can create in the world globally, and skills as a teacher and practitioner. You're still going to work on both of those as you continue showing up as a teacher and a practitioner, and as you continue to step number three, market. Even if your studio is sending out social media posts or an email list about your class, it will always be to the benefit of filling your classes and reaching more people if you market as well. And I'm not just talking about throwing up a quick generic post Come to my vinyasa class at 5.30. I'm talking about writing posts in a way that actually compels the reader, your audience, to want to come to your class. And this takes time and this takes energy. And there's strategies of writing copy, which I work on when we work together one-to-one. But start to look at your social media posts right now. How can you speak to your audience in a way that clearly tells them the benefits of showing up to your class? What will they get out of showing up to your class? How will it benefit their life more than just feeling relaxed that night when they go to bed? What will happen the next day and the next day? What will happen when they're consistently showing up to your class? If you can start to bring some of those messages into your social media posts or newsletters, or if you're just meeting people one-to-one in the studio and chatting with them or out at uh, community events or parties, if you get clear in being able to describe the benefits of showing up to your classes, or problems that you can work through by showing up to your classes or working with you one-to-one, the better, the more people that will take you up on your offer to come to your vinyasa class at 5.30. Just speak from your heart. Sometimes what's helpful as well is if you're not thinking about them and you're thinking about you, which happens because we're human, if you are thinking about yourself, then tell an inspirational story. Tell how for you personally attending yoga classes or wellness classes or working with a wellness practitioner or a coach, tell them how that's impacted your life. Share your story, share your wins, share your transformations and think about them. Think about how you can help them. That combination, switching back and forth, gives you a lot of ideas and concepts and content to write about in your marketing. Which brings me to the next tip, tip number four, your class description. I've highlighted and and hinted to this already in this episode, but what is that three to four sentence paragraph 
Is it written in a way that clearly tells the student what they will get when they walk through the doors of coming to your class and how they will feel when they leave and again, how will it benefit their life coming forward? I can't tell you the number of class descriptions I've read because every time I travel, I like to go to yoga classes. I like to experience new teachers, new styles, new concepts, new ideas. So always I'm going to new yoga classes. And I've read a lot of class descriptions. And I can't tell you the number of times where I showed up to a yoga class and the class that was taught is nothing like what the class description read. And there's been numerous times where I brought my husband to a yoga class because I thought from what the class description read, I thought, okay, this is more of a beginner, slow style Hatha class. So he will be able to hang without a problem. And we've showed up and it's been like a vinyasa fast-paced level two, three style class where he walked out of that and was like, oh my God, I barely made it through that class. It was a struggle. And I've had to ask him and make sure like, how are you feeling? Did you push yourself? Did you hold yourself back? Because I don't want him to get injured, right? So you have to clearly describe the style of your teaching. Who is appropriate for the class? What level? Are there going to be power poses? Are there going to be arm balances? Is it going to be slow style? Is it therapeutic? And this is another area that I really work with people on is getting the copy down for that class description. But right now, go look. And if the studio writes your class description, you might decide to collaborate and partner with them and get it more streamlined and cohesive so it fits your style. So you might ask them. Or if you work for a corporate yoga studio where that's out of your hands, there's no possibility to change the class description. How can you surrender and teach your class in a way that is in alignment with the class description? Because that's what people are showing up for. And if they're not coming week after week, it might be because what you're teaching doesn't meet that class description. So they showed up expecting one style of class and the way that you taught was just completely not what they expected. Meaning it's not bad, right? It's just not what they expected. They just wanted someone, something else. And always there's a saying that goes around in the yoga world or in the wellness world is that there is a teacher or a practitioner for everyone. And I even think there's a teacher and a practitioner for everyone on a given day, dependent upon what a person might need in the moment. So for example, the style of class that I needed when I was pregnant was different than the style of class that I needed even when I was healing from my hysterectomy versus the style of class that I want now on a given day. Some days I want a vinyasa flow that's challenging. I do want to do handstands and arm balances. And there's some days where I might have had a lot of one-to-one sessions in my day, both in the clinic or and or online. And I just want to refill my cup and do some restorative and crystal bowl or sound healing, right? But I want to show if I need, think about it this way. If I need crystal bowl, sound healing, restorative type class, I'm going to look for a class description that's going to, and a time, a class at that time that's going to give me those qualities of relaxation, restoration, right, recharging, versus if I want a more vigorous style class, I'm going to seek out a vinyasa style class. So I think there is clarity when we're describing vinyasa versus yin or vinyasa versus 
restorative. It gets murky, however. Yin versus restorative. I see a lot of confusion in class descriptions there. Or even the different various, there's a broad range of different vinyasa flow or flow styles or even slow flow style. I think that's where it gets murky or even hatha, right? Hatha can mean so many different things to so many different teachers and students. So the clearer you can get at describing your particular hatha style class so students know exactly what they're signing up for. And when they walk into class, you're fulfilling on your promise, right? In a way, your class description is your promise to them so they get what they paid for. Their expectation is fulfilled. That leads to a happy client, a happy student that will be more likely to come back again and again and again. And then the last tip is once you dial in on some general messages that you can talk about how your class, how your sessions will benefit their life, the impact it will make day to day to day, as well as your class description, clearly describing what your class entails, the appropriate level of student, the benefits they will get for showing up, how they will feel following the class, how they will feel consistently coming to your class, then your job is to talk about it everywhere and be consistent in this, right? Show up weekly. Show up daily if you can. The more consistent you are, the more you'll create trust and reliability with your audience. So they know that you're going to be there for your vinyasa class at 530. Because I can't tell you the number of theories and thoughts the general public sometimes has about wellness practitioner and their reliability, right? You know, sometimes the yoga teacher or the wellness practitioner has a reputation for being flaky, for being inconsistent. I've had a number of patients and clients that have come to my office and have come to my classes and say the reason one thing that they love about me is that I always show up when I say I'm going to show up. And if I can't make it, I will ensure that I get a sub or I'll reschedule their appointment with as much notice as I can. I don't think ever have shown up to a class where I have not been there. There's been a couple of times where I used to teach in La Jolla and the traffic was really bad because of construction in the summertime where I was a little bit late, but I did make sure to call the studio and I had someone start the class for me. And I, I've taught that class for a year and that maybe happened once or twice. So typically, because I am human, so sometimes life happens. But for the most part, 99% of the time, I'm going to show up week after week to the best of my capabilities. And if my daughter's homesick and I can't fulfill on my promises for that day, I will reschedule and give as much notice as I possibly can. And I think that consistency week after week, year after year has led to a lot of rapport and trust and reliability with my people. And so they know, okay, well, if I miss a couple of weeks, I'm going on vacation or I have people that even have two two homes, one home in Arizona, one home in San Diego, one home on the East Coast, one home in San Diego where they're coming and going. But they know that they can leave for six months and they can email me and see if I'm still teaching and get an updated schedule or see if I'm still doing one-to-one sessions and get back in my schedule without a problem because they know I'll be there. So there isn't an issue. So how can you create more trust, more consistency, more reliability through just showing up. And that is part of marketing, right? I have a coach that says, 
Selling is coaching, coaching is selling. I think the same is true with marketing. Marketing is a way to serve your people and help. It's the beginning of your container, the work that you will do with them. So there is a saying, another saying, however you live one area of your life is often how you live other area of your lives. So if you are inconsistent in your marketing, if you're not clear on the impact of showing up to your classes or your sessions and you can't communicate in that your market, then how will they know the benefit of buying a group package or even working more with you one-to-one? The clearer you are, the more consistent you are, they know this, oh, if I decide to stay with her long-term, this is what it's gonna be like. Because often how you show up marketing is how you'll show up if you are doing one-to-one sessions or how you teach your class. If you're consistent or if you're inconsistent and flaky in your marketing, then you might be inconsistent and flaky as a yoga teacher. Here one week, gone the next. And people, you have to think about it from your student's point of view, your client's point of view. People live busy lives. And if they are carving out the time investment, the money investment to pay for your classes, pay for your sessions, they're also spending energy, trusting you, getting to know you as a teacher, getting to know your style. You want to hold that with the utmost respect. And being inconsistent and flaky is a huge letdown for them. Because if you're here one week and gone the next, they've just felt like they've wasted a whole lot of time and energy and possibly money on getting to know light, to know you, and start to invest in your classes consistently. I've also had students tell me that in the studio as well. So care for your people, care for their time care for their energy, care for their money investment. And if you have your own health challenge going on, or you have kids where that impacts your schedule because they have to stay home from school or stuff happens in your life, what can you do to still show up to be reliable and consistent? Maybe it's having a list of subs at your disposal. That's what I had to do in my schedule, especially when I was going through my own health challenges of multiple doctor's appointments, day-long sedations with multiple tests. I had a list of five to seven subs that I knew my students loved and had a similar style as me that I could call and get one of them into class. So my students were never left hanging. And for my one-to-ones, the same is true. How could I reschedule them? So everyone stays consistent, maybe even bringing a sub into your practice. And that might be a whole other conversation. Okay, to summarize and wrap up these five tips, the five keys to filling your classes. Number one, believe in you, your capabilities, and believe in the ability to create an impact in the world. What is that specifically? Write it all out. Get in belief. Number two, continue to grow your teacher and practitioner skills. So continue to learn about anatomy, practice adjustments, practice cueing, practice sequencing, get a journal going, keep track of it, notice what worked, what didn't work. And why? Number three, begin to work on your copy, your ability to communicate the benefits, the value of showing up to your class week after week, more than just posting, come to my vinyasa class at 5.30. Also, working on the copy of your class description. Again, clearly describing the benefit of showing up to your class, what they will feel after, what they will feel going consistently, who's your class appropriate for, 
what is the style? Remembering that your students might not know certain words like hatha. They might not understand what hatha means. So spell it out for them. What does it mean? Is it a lot of standing poses? Is it a lot of seated poses? Is it slow moving, long holds? Or is it fast paced? Always moving with the breath. Describe it so they can imagine it and picture it before they walk in the door. And then your job as a teacher is to fulfill that promise, to fulfill that expectation. Make sure what you teach matches the class description, especially if you have no control over changing that class description. Then the last tip, step number five, talk about all these items, the value of showing up to your classes, the wins, everywhere. Be consistent. Be consistent in your marketing to establish trust, likability, reliability, so they know that you're the person to go to, that you will be there. And then follow through with this in your teachings, in your delivery. So there you have it. Five keys to filling your class. And if you need help with any of these steps, because for sure I've gotten stuck at every point along this journey, I can help you. Just sign up for a free consultation call, a free strategy call, and we'll go through it. We'll figure out, we'll, we can work on your class description, we can work on your social media posts, we can determine if you're a good fit to work with me, any or all of these things. But it starts with you committing to that next step. All right, I'll see you on the mat. Bye for now. Wait, before you go, are you ready for more? Your next best step is to sign up for a free strategy call. Every day you wait is another day. You're just racing around from class to class, session to session. It's another day you miss out on precious moments with your family because A, you're not home, or B, you're home, but you're actually not present because you're worrying about how to fill your class, where your next client's coming from, all the things you have to do. It's also another day you might miss out on taking your favorite yoga class, or meeting a friend for a hike because you went over in all your sessions and you spend hours agonizing over sequencing your next sessions and classes for the following day. Being a wellness practitioner can feel like a lot. Sign up for a free strategy call with me. It's one-to-one -one for 60 minutes. We'll develop a plan. You'll know exactly what to prioritize when you get off the call. You'll get so much clarity. And, and if you decide to work together more with me, we'll figure out how to fit it all in. You'll be able to care for your health, relax your family, grow your practitioner skills, learn from all my knowledge base. One step at a time, while developing trust in your intuition in a streamlined process. There's a solution and I've got you. Use the link in the show notes to sign up for the free call, figure out your next steps, or just head to igniteyourwellness.com. That's ignite with a U-R wellness.com. I'll see you on the map. Bye for now.